Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Thursday, August 17th, 2023. I'm Mike Cachopoli. All right, how's everyone doing? We are speeding through the week. Speeding through the week. How's your week been going? How's your week been going? Mine's been uh, pretty good, pretty good. Actually, been going to the movies a lot. I have been. I've been seeing a lot of movies. So tomorrow night for the big Friday night show, the usual end of the week show, I'll have a couple of reviews for you tomorrow night. Okay. I'll be reviewing Strays starring the voices of Will Ferrell and, and Jamie Foxx, who seems to be doing better. He seems to be doing better. So hopefully he continues on his recovery from his uh, health problems he was having. And um, also a kind of a unique little film, independent film called uh, Landscape with Invisible Hand. So I'll have a couple of reviews for you tomorrow night. Um, people don't seem to remember, you know, we talk a lot, especially as of late, about Donald Trump now, or Donald Trump since 2015. We don't talk much about Donald Trump before, 2015, other than saying that he was a, a, a shady businessman who made a lot of enemies um, and went bankrupt several times. But there's that period uh, while Obama was was president, right? Especially the 2012 to 2014 period. Remember the, uh, the birther stuff. And what people don't seem to remember, either conveniently or not, is that Donald Trump was the head of the birther movement. He was Mr. Birther. And he um, was constantly tweeting about how Obama wasn't a real citizen. Now, what this was, was Trump's way of getting back into the political landscape, right? Or trying to get into the political landscape. And he did that. This is how really MAGA started with the Bertha movement. That's how he got all those MAGA cultists to follow him. That was the beginning of it. The beginning of the MAGA cult was not 2015. People say that was the start when he came down that elevator at Trump Tower in New York, but it wasn't. It started before that. The seed was planted. The MAGA seed was planted with the birther movement started and led by Donald Trump. And he would constantly tweet about how Obama wasn't a real citizen and that he was going to get evidence that Obama was not a real citizen. And it's at that point, actually, that at real Donald Trump on Twitter really began to gain followers. Believe me, before he entered the political fray with the birther movement, he uh, was a nobody. Nobody around the country was following him. Nobody outside of New York really cared about him or knew about him. Yeah, he had The Apprentice, which was a TV show, but it, that, that wasn't the beginning of MAGA. I mean, I liked The Apprentice. A lot of people thought it was entertaining. What really started MAGA and the MAGA cult was the birther movement. It tied in to the racists who hated Barack Obama, the racists around the country who did not want 
a black president. Yeah, they'll say, no, it wasn't about that. But in many cases, it was. So he started that. And uh, he gained this following, this cult following. Okay. And there was a point in that, uh, you know, birther movement where Donald Trump said, I have an investigators and lawyers in Hawaii. They're in Hawaii and they will get evidence. I'm going to prove evidence, real evidence that Obama wasn't a citizen, isn't a U.S. citizen. It had something to do with getting some kind of a birth certificate, I think, from a different country. And he promised this big reveal and that his uh, people in Hawaii, his lawyers and his uh, his uh, co-conspirators, if you will, in Hawaii, these were the first co-conspirators, if these people ever existed, were going to get the proof that Obama was not a citizen. And he promised this and he promised this and he promised this. And of course, there was never any, nothing ever happened. He just dropped it. It, it simply went away because he never had any investigators in Hawaii. He might have had a few sleazy Giuliani, low-level Giuliani-like people out there, but he never had any real investigators or lawyers in Hawaii who had proof that Obama was not a U.S. citizen. Never happened. People seem to forget this. This was the beginning of the sociopathic liar that we've come to know politically that's donald trump it started with the birth of movement now fast forward to today well he had promised he does this all the time by the way but i'm just bringing up the first time he did it he was promising a big reveal of evidence right that never happened well a couple of days ago, he came out and said he's going to make this big announcement on Monday in Georgia. On Ge- in Georgia on Monday, Trump was going to make this huge announcement proving that he was innocent because he was going to prove there was actual election fraud. And the big announcement was going to come on Monday. Well, lo and behold, he canceled that announcement today. Now, he canceled the announcement because there is no evidence. There is no evidence exonerating him. There was no, there was no evidence of uh, election fraud. He didn't have anything. Just like he didn't have any evidence Obama wasn't a citizen. He never had it. Never had it. And he put out a statement this was his this was his statement okay his statement was rather than releasing the report on the rigged and stolen georgia 2020 presidential election on monday my lawyers would prefer putting this i believe irrefutable and overwhelming evidence of election fraud and irregularities in formal legal filings as we fight dismiss this graceful indictment by a publicity and campaign finance seeking da who sadly presides over a record-breaking murder and violent crime area, Atlanta. Therefore, the news conference is no longer necessary. So, what happened was, his lawyers reached out to him and said, look, you really have nothing here. There's nothing here. 
you have no actual evidence that's going to help you. In fact, it's only going to help you, hurt you. So don't do it. So that's why he's not doing it, because his lawyer said, anything you do on Monday is only going to hurt your case, not help it. But the fact of the matter is, he really had nothing. So what he was going to present was more bullshit. Just like he never had any evidence that Obama wasn't a citizen, even though he said he had that evidence. He never had any evidence that he was going to present on Monday that exonerated him or proved the election was rigged in Georgia. He never had it. And his lawyers know he doesn't have it. But now the game is, 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 is higher. The stakes are higher now with the charges, with the indictment. So his lawyers said, you can't do this. You can't do this. It's only going to hurt you. So, of course, he puts out this, this fake statement saying, well, I'm putting all this evidence in a different form. We're going to just use it in court. Well, wouldn't you do that anyway? Isn't that what a normal person would do anyway? Your lawyers present the evidence in court. In other words, that's what a normal person does because these charges are going to go in front of a jury. In order for Donald Trump to be exonerated, a jury has to do it. Doing a press conference announcement on Monday does not exonerate you. (laughs) And this is another thing it would do. It would tamper with any possible jury, which would land him in jail because the judge said he can't continue to do that. So all he would be doing would be tampering with any possible jury pool by going on national television and all the networks would broadcast it and it would be all over social media with him spewing nonsense about his case. So finally, this is the shocking thing. His lawyers made him stop. Someone finally got him and said, look, you go on TV Monday and not only are you going to hurt your case, but the judge could send you to jail for it. And then you can be in jail until this goes to trial. You could be in jail until this goes to trial. And who knows how long that's going to be. The trial date hasn't been set yet. But this is more of the same from him. Once again, people have forgotten, and I will remind them, what he did with the birther movement. All the lies he told. That's actually how I got blocked by him. I might have been one of the first people ever blocked on Twitter by Trump. And that's because I told him during the Bertha movement how full of shit he was. Well, before he ran for president. I know he blocked some people then, too, but he blocked me way back when, way back then. So I remember the Bertha movement clearly. And I remember Donald Trump being the head of the Bertha movement. Remember, the Bertha movement was not about finding the truth about Obama and his citizenship anymore, any more than what Donald Trump has done since 2020 is about finding the truth about election irregularities and election fraud. It's all about Donald Trump. The Bertha movement was designed to get Donald Trump into the political spotlight because he was thinking about running for president in the future and to build a base. And that's where the MAGA base, the cult, started with the birther movement, tying in to the racism that many people who didn't like Obama 
we're dealing with. And he continues this pattern. He continues the pattern. There's a million times he has said, here comes the evidence. I got it. It's coming. You'll see. You'll see. That's his famous thing, right? You'll see. You'll see. And we never see. We never saw the evidence that he had that Obama wasn't a citizen. We've never seen any evidence exonerating him from all this. There's no real evidence of, of election fraud. He doesn't have any of it. He just says it. He throws it out there. And it's one thing to throw it out there to play to your cult and to keep your cult together. But it's another thing to do it where there might be jury tampering involved. And that's when his lawyers finally had to step in and say, look, this isn't a political game. This isn't political gamesmanship anymore. The judge is going to throw you in jail for doing this, for tampering with any possible jury pool. And it's only going to hurt your case once it goes to court. So let us handle it. But once again, that's what a normal person does anyway. They let they let their 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 lawyers handle it. They don't do crazy tweets in the middle of the night. They don't make announcements on national television. They don't do any of that stuff. They let their lawyers handle it for them if they are sane. But Trump is not a sane person. He doesn't have that ability, at the very, at the very least. He doesn't have that ability to, to edit himself, right? To pause and breathe and say, should I really do this? Everything is based on that base emotion of, re, of acting and acting out and acting out. And that's a, uh, an illness. That's an absolute illness. He's not a sane person. I'm believing more and more. They're trying to build some kind of an insanity defense where his lawyers can say, look, your honor, look at my client. Look at these. Look at these tweets. Look at what he's doing. Even after you told him not to do it. He's doing it. Look at the crazy things he's tweeting at two in the morning, all in caps. My 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 client is not sane. He's not in a state of mind where he could defend himself. These charges against him. Because this is absolute—it's. I don't know of any other excuse for this kind of behavior when you're facing stuff that's so uh, important, that's so serious. But once again, this is part and parcel more of Trump. He likes to be, I'll get you into one second, Mr. Lance, but he's part and parcel to what he is. He blusters. He speaks like a tough guy. But in the end, he's not. He talks how tough he is, right? He could debate anybody at any time, and then he's afraid to debate Ron DeSantis and Chris Christie. He's afraid. That's why he's not debating, because he's afraid. This bullshit that he's ahead in fake polls is garbage. That's nonsense. Because at the same time, he and his cult are saying that Biden should be, tw- should be uh, debating RFK Jr. So <laughs> if an incumbent president who's 40 points ahead in polls, should debate RFK Jr., why shouldn't Donald Trump participate in the Republican debates? Okay? So there's the hypocrisy. I pointed this out on, on Twitter today, and uh, someone gave me credit, and I said, you don't need, I don't need credit for pointing out something so obvious. I mean, it's just obvious. The hypocrisy is just so obvious. I almost... In a way, I feel like it's not fair 
to point it out because it's 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 so glaringly there all the time with these people that everyone else is held to a different set of standards than Donald John Trump, than their Jesus Christ on the cross. Everyone else has a different set of standards. Hey, Lance, you're on and let's be heard. How's it going? What's up, man? How are you doing, Mike? All right. How are you? Pretty good. Um, yeah, Trump. Remember when... Check it out. I'll, I'll go right to Trump. Remember the Beatles, right? Now, but the Beatles back in the day, they were like, of all the bands that were coming up, there was a million of them. They were rowdy, man. The leather. They were, they were like banging up, banging shit up in the stage. All right. Brian Epstein says, got to be their manager. And like they all said, he put us in suits, made us behave yep. on stage a little bit. Well, I think that, check it out. I think you're going to agree with me here. I think Donald Trump's Brian Epstein was Roy Cohn. When he lost, Roy Cohn kept him in line. And then he lost Roy Cohn, you know, and he's like, I don't know. I got to be him. I got to be root. No, no, you don't have lawyers like that. So you don't, you get, you agree? You don't you think that? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, Roy Cohn was Donald Trump's Brian Epstein, kept him in line. Well, and but Roy Cohn died a long time ago, right? So Donald Trump's been without Roy Cohn for a very long time. So but you he think didn't it's been do, like a. But he wasn't president. Right, you're saying like, so you think it was like a, a downward spiral since he lost Roy Cohn? Is that what you're thinking? Totally. Well, he was yeah. just as much of a scumbag when he had Roy Cohn. He was doing all kinds of bad shit. The funny thing is, is that we New Yorkers, I mean, he was a late night talk show. He was such a goofball to anybody who, you know, from New York State or New York City. It's like the, the, right. we all were laughing at the fact this guy ever got to be president. But uh, Right. Right. But yeah. He was the same scumbag when he had Roy Cohn back in the day when he took over his father's, you know, billions or millions. And, you know, uh, but he always had Roy Cohn to be out there being the, the the attack dog. And, you know, and I'm sure he was like, you know, I'll leave it a heartbeat. Maybe he didn't have he wasn't president to have as many options, but he knew that was his guy. And I'm sure Roy Cohn kept him in line. So you're going to do what I tell you. Or I'm out. You know, he wasn't going to play with Donald Trump. Do you Since think he wanted do you think he expected Rudy to be his new Roy Cohn? Good. I would hope not. That's another thing, man. Uh, from 9-11, New York's mayor, the dude didn't put up the money when they begged him. They begged. Okay. There's a guy named John O'Neill. He got killed at 9-11 and he was the guy who was the security guy since the the first attack. Remember the World Trade Center, they tried to blow the motherfucker up in 93. John O'Neill was screaming and he was begging uh, 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 Giuliani through all through those years and other people. We got to get interfacing communications. You can't have this because remember, it wasn't so digital. Even with even in 2001, everything wasn't totally. So you had to have the frequency thing going. It wasn't like you put a, a cell phone. OK, so you had to have the same frequencies. You had to have the walkie talkies from the from the first responders, from the fire to the police, to the to the people. And they didn't. And they begged him, look, if we ever have another crisis, we're not going to be able to talk to each other. Guess what happened? Giuliani said, fuck you. I'm not putting the money up. And then he becomes a hero. What if he had only done that? They could have circumvented this, not not stopped it, but they could have had, you know, more communication at the at the beginning. You see, look, but people didn't know it was bedlam. I, I spoke about this yesterday. Maybe you have some insight into this. I know you're not a legal expert, but you're you've been around. You've been around the block a couple of times, Lance. I was just thinking about this before coming on the air tonight. What kind of plea bargaining could a Trump or Giuliani do here? Because to me, 
obviously Trump is fish number one, the big fish for them to get. But Giuliani is number two, right? I would think that they want Trump and Giuliani going to jail, right? And there's no plea bargaining for them. Everyone under Giuliani, in other words, co-conspirator two through 20, they probably have plea bargaining leeway, right? Anything that'll help them get Giuliani and Trump on as many charges as possible. Do you think that's the that's the case that everyone below Giuliani is going to plea bargain and not go to jail? Even someone like Mark Meadows. I don't think they give a shit about Mark Meadows. I think they want Trump and Giuliani. Do you agree? I agree, but I don't consider Giuliani ain't no big fish. Giuliani is a joke. They knew he was a joke. He's not. In other words, they know Trump was a joke. His, 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 his creditors knew that Trump was a joke, but he was useful to them. And so, so he was a useful tool, but now he became president. So now he's got actual power of being a former president, but Giuliani, they don't give a fuck about Giuliani. They don't, they don't give a, they really don't. I'm, I can tell you right now. You know what's funny? Think about this. Think about this. You know the law? <laughs> this is great. This is perfect irony. The very law, the RICO law, that was practically invented not by, by Giuliani. I mean, you know, he was a spearhead for this stuff, so he could go after mobsters, which he did. He did that effectively. But the RICO statute that Giuliani helped develop, if not create, to go after mobsters, it's the same. His own law is going to hang him. So he's hanging himself from his own petard, as they say. Yeah, and the mobsters in New York... Are, in, are are enjoying this. The mobsters in New York are loving this. I knew. Oh, I, I knew. I thought of I that. Knew, you know, they you must know, be I celebrating. A few mo- yeah. Yeah, I knew a few mobsters in the 90s and 2000s, and they hated, even though they were conservative, even though they were, you know, they're Italian conservative Republicans. Most people in the mob are. They hated Rudy Giuliani. They didn't want him, even though he cleaned up New York. They didn't want him to be mayor of New York because he was such a scumbag when it came to going after the mob with that Rico stuff. And now irony of ironies, he's got a Rico charge. Don't ever talk against the family, Mike. I don't. (laughs) You know you're talking to another you know you're talking to another Paisan over here, right? So Yeah. No, I don't. I don't talk against the family. And I do. Talk about them all you want. I, I dump on my family who I love dearly. They're racist as fuck, some of these people. And, you know, I love them, but it is what it is. So I don't mind criticizing my people. <laughs> I'm just joking. But, yeah, that's a, that's a great irony. And those mobster guys, they must be, oh, I could just see them down at the, like, you know, little Italy places they hang out. <laughs> they got to be having a party. Yeah, on Rico. It's, it's, it's really ironic. But – that Rico is no joke, man. That's five-year minimum. Five-year minimum. And all you need is one person to flip and go again and, you know, serve as a, um, uh, a, a defendant against them, testifying against them, and it's over. That Rico yeah. thing is, is serious, serious. But everybody told Giuliani and everybody that wanted to listen, why do you think they won't turn it on anyone and everyone? I guess they figure, well, yeah, it'll be the mobsters, then it'll be drug dealers, then it'll be uh, political little little fish. Well, they can go after the big fish because if you're a big fish, you can go after other big fish. When you become a U.S. attorney, U.S. attorneys, they don't give a fuck because they're U.S. attorneys. I mean, they got power and they love to go after a big fish. That's how you, there's going to be another big fish. It's just like the mafia. It's exa- it is the mafia, but it's exactly the same thing. You think that you're one of the five family leaders? They kill each other, motherfucker. 
they're not worried about killing each other. So just the idea that that you're going to use the RICO for a bunch of people. Well, if you've got rivals at your level that don't like you, they'll use that same flimsy law. It's like these people don't get it. They don't they don't realize that 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 no, it's all a bunch of sociopathic. These people will destroy their own family. Look at the Trump family. They're they're throwing each other under the bus. This is how the elite rich people, they don't, that's why for people to say, gee, if we can only get them to have some empathy for us little guys, they don't have empathy for each other. They hate each other's guts. So, you know, Giuliani should have realized a long time ago that be careful what you wish for because uh, I, don't, I don't think they sometimes need a bell the toll. Yeah, I don't think they need, I don't think these prosecutors need Giuliani to get Trump. That's why I don't think Giuliani has any kind of plea bargaining value. I don't think they need him at all. I think they have plenty of evidence, especially from the people, the other co-conspirators below Giuliani. I don't, I don't think they need him. I think they want both Trump and Giuliani in jail for the rest of their lives. And I don't think they're going to say. I think you're right, man. I, I didn't think of that, but there's not that much overlap. I mean, of course, it's all part of the same thing. But what Giuliani was guilty for, he's going to go no matter what. And I think Trump the same thing. And here's why, though. Yeah, you know, when all this shit was going on and all the bogus shit that was going on. I mean, what the the second impeachment, the one about Ukraine, he was actually trying to stop the corrupt charisma shit going on with Biden's son. Uh, you know, that was specifically, it was, he was doing a good thing by holding up that money. And it should never have gone to the most corrupt country in, 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 in Europe, which is Taiwan. So he really did it something that was positive in a sense of that. But the thing is, that thing in Georgia, whenever that came up, I said, this isn't going to be good. Because you can't ask for a certain number of votes. Glenn Greenwald, who I like, what an idiot, though, on this. I'm sorry. He's like, well, you know, you can, he really thought he, he won the election. No, yeah. because if you, if you thought that there was votes that were bogus in Georgia, you would have had a number of like 200,000 or 100,000, whatever it was. But he said, find me 10,427 votes. It, it wasn't like, hey, I think it was uh, legitimately bad and there was thousands of votes and go 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 find who, who voted wrong. He specifically said, no. not go find the yes. vote. Yes. He said, Lance, find me. Lance. It was like a mob boss. It was like a call made by a, by a wannabe mob boss saying you and he and he told him to find the exact number of votes he needed to win i mean literally the exact the exact number of votes that would give him one more vote in georgia than joe biden if you think the election is fixed you want a redo not just for you i read a post by the rude pundit who's a great writer and he said this on his on his on his blog rudepundit.com.blogspot.com if you think the election was rigged, then you want a total redo, not just for you, for everybody, for everybody who won, everybody who lost, everyone. You can't pick and choose and say, well, people voted for everything. They voted for president. They voted for house. They voted for Senate. They voted initiatives. The whole thing would have had to been rigged. You, the person rigging the election can't just pick and choose what were they, were they pick the presidential votes it's so ridiculous yeah he, he asked only for himself he only cared about himself if he cared about election integrity and election fraud he would have said it's all rigged we need to redo it for me and everybody that's how full of shit donald trump is and he asks for the exact number he needs to put him <laughs> one over so in other words the rigging was that what he didn't get one more vote than Joe Biden. In other words, what Trump was telling Raffensperger was the real election results was that I won by one vote. 
He's so full of crap. <laughs> exactly. Come on. He's so full of crap, Lance. Give me yeah. a break. But with that mobster, you, he did want to act like he was a mobster. But see, that's where he got – not that Roy Cohn was himself personally. Of course, he was a mobster, too, because he worked with all those guys, too. He was their lawyer, I believe. Yeah. And so he was trying to channel his inner Roy Cohn, but he but he just didn't have the kahunas. Trump, Trump, Trump is a paper tiger. He is weak. You know what they said about Trump during the time when he was ruthlessly just getting rid of people and, and, and in the White House and when he owned his companies? He never did it himself. He he did it on The Apprentice because that was supposed to look good. You're fired. He never did. He was the classic boss who would make the manager do it and look like the asshole so he could not be criticized. He's been trying to be accepted by Manhattan. He's got a chip on his shoulder that is bigger than Yankee Stadium because when he fucked up his businesses and he lost more money to anybody for 10 years and he kept fucking up and but bouncing up because he had so much wealth and shit, he wa- couldn't make it from Queens to Manhattan. He could be a big, big, big gun in Queens. Same thing Woody Allen said that. Yeah, it's a long trip from Brooklyn where I came to going to Manhattan, whether it's culture and arts or whether it's politics, that's the big time. And they let him build that tower, the Trump Tower, the one thing he did. But everything Trump did was a joke. They all knew it. They all knew he was corrupt. and it's coming. But they don't care if he's corrupt because they're all corrupt too. But he wasn't savvy. They knew he was a crappy businessman. They didn't trust him. You know, and so he could never get accepted. Remember when he tried to buy the fucking, start a new league. Why? Because the billionaires and they're all a bunch of right-wing assholes, scumbags, but Trump would not be accepted. He had the money. He was going to be able to buy an NFL team when it didn't cost billions and it only cost several hundred million. And, you know, he had that. And they said, no, we're not letting you in our our club. You're not, you're not our kind of guy. You're a fucking scumbag from Queens. Go back where you came from. And he hated that. Everything about him has been trying to get back at the establishment. Why? Because he's anti-establishment. I love to hear that from people. No, because he wants to it's a it's a complete grievance and it's a complete revenge trip just like a typical mob boss would be to get rid of all the assholes that fucked him over. It's got nothing to do with any kind of patriotic I'm against the establishment when he put all billionaires or a different bunch of establishment motherfuckers in his cabinet. So it's just been one big long chip on the shoulder grudge and now Trump is he's not the president anymore. I think he forgets that and he don't got Roy Cohn anymore he's got Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani they are not the A-team somebody said today well of course Trump's got the best lawyers no he doesn't he's got horrible lawyers because all the people that are in the club that go to the cocktail parties with billionaires that own NFL teams they don't want to be caught dead with Trump he don't realize it. He does not realize it. When he was always the one that had, he was the puppeteer. Well, you're, you can't be the puppeteer at that level, buddy. Like Chuck Schumer said, they got six waves from Sunday, the, the deep state and all that. They got six waves from Sunday to destroy you. And Trump. And let me tell you, Rudy is broke. Rudy has been calling Trump, asking him to help him pay for his lawyers. And Trump won't do it. Once again, it's all about one-way loyalty for Donald Oh, yeah. Trump. So that Trump would be Trump. like Jesus calling Pontius Pilate to say, hey, can you yeah. cut me a break? Yeah, they're saying that Giuliani, listen to this, is probably going to have to have a public defender. He's so broke that he's probably going to have to have a public defender, which means he's probably really up Shit's Creek. Not that there aren't some good public defenders. There are. But he's probably going to be up shit's creek. I'm to a nicer guy. He's like one of the worst scumbags I've ever run in. He's worse than Trump. He's worse than Trump. Well, they're two peas in a pod. They've been friends for a very long time. You know, they've known each other for a very long time. Rudy went after the mob, who he thought were was corrupt or whatever criminal enterprise. But he didn't go after the Trump organization, criminal enterprise. Not once. 
when he was a prosecutor or mayor, did he ever go after Donald Trump and his criminal organization, but he had no problem going after his own people, which is also why they hate him, because he's Italian-American. So he's been in Trump's back pocket and vice versa for a very long time, since the 80s. They've known each other for decades and decades and decades. They've been partners in crime for a very long time. And now they'll be partners in jail together. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but who are you going to – and I'll leave with this, man, because I know you probably got other things you wanted to talk about, and I'll, I'll shut up in a second here. But I got to go back to something, man. Your boy ain't going to do it. We're not going to be inaugurating DeSantis. So who are you going to put your chips with? Because he ain't going to do it. It's just he's gone. He's done. He's well, done. He's not done. Stop it, Lance. That's where I have to end. Thank you, Lance, though. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. There's no done. You're you're being silly. You No one's done this early. Donald Trump was done in 2015. First of all, the only reason you would say DeSantis is done is by the fake polls that have been put out by Donald Trump. So you're saying Donald Trump is such a scumbag and a criminal enterprise, and he tried to fix the election. He's fixing the polls, too. Michael Cohen in 2019 said he fixed polls for Trump. They put out fake polls that he helped fix. He apologized for that in 2019. So if Trump put out fake polls the first time he ran, the second time he ran, if he tried to fix the election by installing fake electors, what makes you think the polls that he keeps pumping out there are real? They're not. They're fake polls. DeSantis is right up there with him, if not ahead. Vivek is like minus 10%, as is Chris Christie. The polls are bullshit. If you believe Vivek uh, Farmer Swampy is ahead of Ron DeSantis, you're fucking insane. You're insane. So, no, he's not. Um, and the money, the, what really shows, you watch where the money goes. That's how you know how things are going. And all of the big money is going to DeSantis. Why is Trump broke? Because he's not getting the big money. All he's getting money from are his cult, who will fucking make $20,000 a year. They have no health care, and they're sending him 20 bucks here, 50 bucks here. They get a paycheck. They send him half of it, these morons. That's where he's making all of his money from. That's why he has to put out fundraising emails to his cult after every indictment. Because with every indictment, the big money dries up. Because the big money people have brains. They didn't get that big money for no reason. They're not going to throw their millions at him when he's going down in flames. So they're sending it to DeSantis. That's where DeSantis is getting all of his money from. Former Trump backers. So that's how you know. They're not going to give DeSantis all this money if he's done. They're not going to give DeSantis all this money if he can't win. They're giving it to him because he's the front runner, because he's going to be the nominee. That's why. Watch where the money goes. Who is broke and who is not? Plus, all the money that Trump gets from his cult is going out the window to his defense fund. He's not even using it to campaign. He's not even using it to campaign. If you truly believe, look, if you believe that Trump's cult is strong enough and will stay with him for another half calendar year, and he's going to win the primary, I'll disagree with you, but I'll say, okay, it's either him or DeSantis. But if you think Trump is gone, <laughs> the nominee is going to be 
Farmer Swampy or Christie, you're fucking insane. You know nothing about politics. Neither of them have a shot. The Republican base is not voting for a Hindu guy. They're not. Period. They're not voting for a Hindu. They don't want to vote for a black. They're not going to vote for a fucking Hindu kid. A rich fucking spoiled 40-year-old Hindu kid. It's not happening. And Chris Christie was done a long time ago. He's in this just to go after Trump, which is fine. That's what he wants to do. I get it. He's got a chip on his shoulder with Trump, and he wants to be able to go on that debate stage and say his piece. Fine. Fine. He believes there needs to be some people on that stage who are going to admit that Trump is a crook and there was no election fraud. If there was any election fraud, the only evidence we have of it is Trump trying to fix the election in his favor. So there's that. But these polls, have you seen some of them? Have you actually looked at them, the methodology? They're polling firms. Go on 538. Ask Nate Silver. They're polling firms no one had heard about until now. Now, what do you believe? You believe like the Vinnie Boombots polling agency? Vinnie Boombots. And this last poll Trump put out, (laughs) 200 people. 200. It's ridiculous. There are more people on my block. So the fact of the matter is, is that, and and also, all you need to look at is, who does Trump go after? Why does Trump continue to go after DeSantis if he's done? Trump's not going to go after someone who he knows is done. He doesn't go after Christie. He doesn't go after Farmer Swampy. He goes after DeSantis, because DeSantis is his threat. And if DeSantis was done and no longer a threat, he wouldn't be on Trump's mind 24-7, where he tweets about him in all caps at 3 in the morning. So this is what you look at. You have to have a brain. Look at where the money's going. Look at who Trump is concentrating on. Look at how the left-wing media is attacking. The left-wing media, we know, wants Donald Trump to be the nominee because they know he can't win a general election. And Fox News wants Trump to win because they love Trump, a lot of them are in the Trump cult, and he gets ratings for them. Their best ratings were during the Trump years. So they want Trump. So both sides, the left and the right, want Trump for personal reasons, for selfish reasons. And who are they all attacking? Are they attacking Christie? Are they attacking Farmer Swampy? No, they're attacking DeSantis because he's the threat. So Trump's attacking him. MSNBC attacks him, CNN attacks him, Fox News attacks him because he's a threat. If he wasn't a threat, they wouldn't bother with him all the time. Lance, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, when Ron DeSantis wins this primary, you come back on the show and you tell me I was right. I don't want to hear any bullshit about, oh, this happened or it wasn't, it was rigged or that happened or the other thing happened. No, no, no. You come on here and you tell me that I've been right for the past year and a half about this. Or I'll be very mad at you. No, Lance, you can respond tomorrow if you want. There's nothing to talk about. I've heard you on your Ron DeSantis rant about wokeness and how the country loves wokeness and his wokeness campaign is going to lose it for him. It's ridiculous. Poll after poll says the majority of the country is tired of wokeness. I know extreme leftists who hate Trump who say wokeness is hurting the Democrats. Their constant wokeness is hurting them. Of course it is. Of course it is. People don't want to hear about drag time happy hour in elementary school. 
They don't want to talk about that drag time happy hour in elementary schools. They don't want a women. They don't want men dominating women's sports. Men taking over women's sports by calling themselves women, going to locker rooms, having their fucking genitals hanging, saying that they're tra- they're transitioning. People are tired of that. Even people on the left are tired of it. We're going to go back to Trump now because there's a story. This is hilarious. And this once again goes towards his his guilt. Now his team wants to delay indictment number three. I know they're hard to keep track of. Indictment number three, the Jack Smith indictment on the January 6th of. Jan- Jack Smith wants it to begin January 2. The judge has threatened to make it earlier if Trump keeps trying to poison the jury pool. The Trump team, including Donald Trump, wants to wait until 2026, April of 2026. He's so innocent. He's, he's so, so excited, right, about proving his innocence that he was going to go on TV on Monday. Uh, it can wait three years because he's so innocent. It can wait three years. And he, he doesn't mind hanging, having this hanging over his, an innocent man's head. If you were innocent of something, would you want to wait three fucking years to prove it? Once again, proving how full of shit he is. But they want to wait until April of 2026 instead of January of 2024. Because they want a, this is their reasoning now, to stop the peaceful transition of power and retain the white. Oh, this, that's, okay, wait. In a court filing Thursday, Trump's attorneys recommended starting the trial in April of 2023, more than two years after prosecutors are seeking to get the trial underway. The election interference case brought against Trump in the nation's capital by special counsel Jack Smith is one of four criminal cases. Trump's now facing in one of two at the federal level. Remember, the federal ones are Florida documents, January 6th, D.C. The state ones are New York, Stormy Daniels, and the Georgia one with the January 6th stuff. With the election interference stuff. The election interference case brought against Trump in the nation's capital by Smith. In a packed second floor courtroom, just a few hundred feet from the U.S. Capitol, Trump pleaded not guilty earlier this month to the four charges in that case. Conspiracy to defraud the U.S., conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, obstruction, and conspiracy against the right to vote and to have one's vote counted. U.S. uh, District Judge Tanya Chutkin, who warned Trump that he's a criminal defendant who has restrictions, just like every other defendant, as is each side to propose trial dates. So Smith wants January 2 of 24. Um, would it vindicate the public's strong interest in a speedy trial, an interest guaranteed by the Constitution and federal law in all cases, but of particular significance here, where a defendant, a president, former president, is charged with conspiring to overturn the legitimate results of the 2020 election, obstruct the certification of the election results, and discount citizens' legitimate votes. Chutkin is expected to set a trial date at a hearing on the matter on August 28th. So that's coming up in a couple of weeks. And Trump doesn't have to attend if he doesn't wish to. Um, so he wants to delay this <laughs> until mid-2026. Because why? Because he's guilty is one. But two, he sees the same polls that I see, the ones that aren't put out by him, the ones that are put out by major news networks that show that half of his supporters would abandon him if there was an actual conviction. We can discuss the logic of all this, whatever, but that's what the poll says. Half 
of his voters will dump him if a jury, a real a jury, not a grand jury, a jury convicts him. So there's that right there. He's thinking, oh, wow, I'm screwed if in the middle of the primary season I get a conviction, I'm going to lose all these states that I otherwise would have won because I hadn't been convicted yet, right? And everything he does, obviously, and now look, I understand that this is a game that's always played between the, the, the prosecution and defense, right? You say this date, I say that date, this date, that date, we come up with a in-between, whatever, I get it. I doubt, unless Trump continues to run his mouth, which is why his lawyers stopped him from doing the thing in Georgia on TV on Monday, unless he does something else, which he might, this probably won't go on January 2nd, right? Because if they want January 224 and they're saying 26, you know what it's like when you're bargaining with money, you all give these, you know, high numbers, low numbers to come with an agreement in between. But that's why he's doing it. But once again, why? Why? Look, it's four charges. They're pretty obvious. He was going to go on TV on Monday in four days and show why he's such an innocent man. So why can't he do it on January 2nd? If he was going to do it Monday, why can't he do it with a team of lawyers in five months? Because he's guilty. That's why he's guilty, period. This is the whole idea of your right to a speedy trial because you're an innocent person. And you want to get it off your chest so you can have your life again, right? Doesn't he want to get this off his chest even before maybe the voting starts? Hey, look, if the trial starts on January 2, the first voting is what? 15, January 15? Hell, if he's so innocent, two weeks is probably long enough. Get all your evidence out there in a week. The jury's going to come back in two hours. You're innocent, baby, right? Come on, why not? why not go before the holidays? Get off your chest before the holidays. You're such a religious man, such a religious man, that, of course, you want to enjoy the, the, the Catholic holidays. You want to enjoy the holidays, don't you? So it, 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 it once again shows how full of shit he is. An innocent person, the reason why we have the right to a speedy trial is so you can get it off your chest so it's not hanging over you. So an indictment, allegations, charges aren't hanging over you for years. He's guilty. That's why he's doing it. And he doesn't want to have, he doesn't want to hemorrhage more voters. He doesn't want a, a guilty verdict coming in, in the middle of the voting process. It's quite obvious. Like I say, everything this guy does is so easy to see through. Sometimes I feel like I'm playing an unfair game by pointing it out all of the time. But everything is so easy to see through with him. So easy to see through. But my guess is he's going to... I'm surprised his lawyers were able to stop him from going on TV on Monday. I'm really shocked. I'm, they must have really sat him down and said, Look, Bubbala, this is not only going to make the trial even sooner, but it could put you in jail until the trial date. Don't do it. Because usually he doesn't listen. We know from his tweets and his actions, he doesn't usually listen to lawyers. He doesn't listen to any level-headed people. He just does what he wants all the time.
and that's Donald John Trump. You know, once again, I read that last night by the rude pundit. He does a blog. He's done it for 20 years now. And I said, he's out of the uh, College of Staten Island, where I went to school um, and where I began in radio at, at WSIA Radio. The guy named Lee Papa, and he teaches English and he does drama theater at the College of Staten Island. And uh, he started writing this blog called The Rude Pundit. It's a great name. And it started t- 2003. And back when I was uh, a Democrat and then a progressive and a Berniecrat, I used to read him all the time. You know, he'd write all these great articles about McCain and, and Romney and really followed him a lot during the elections because he's very funny and vulgar. And really, if, if you're the right, left, center, you should read. He's a good writer. He's a professor. He writes really well. Um, it's kind of like intelligent writing with vulgarity <laughs> mixed in there. The Rude Pundit blog. And I hadn't read him in a long time. And I was on the phone with my friend from New York. And I said, hey, do you know who's also a fan? And I said, hey, do you know, has Lee Papa written anything? And he went on. He said, oh, yeah, look at all this. He's still doing it. He's still doing it. And then he read me that article about how he he proved, he wrote about how Trump's mindset, this ridiculousness that people are defending Trump by saying his mindset was that he really, really thought the election was stolen. It's bullshit. It's all made up. He didn't think it was stolen. He just wanted to win. He was pissed off that he lost to Joe Biden, just like he would have been pissed off if he lost to Hillary Clinton. Remember, Trump has always said, if he doesn't, he basically has said this. If I don't win, it's rigged. If I don't win, the only reason I don't win elections is because they're rigged. This is the the, the brain of the sociopath. And so, of course, it makes sense that when he didn't win, that he was going to do this and do whatever he could to overturn the election or make as much fuss as possible, right? And so the Root Pundit wrote that article about how if Trump truly believed that the election was stolen, once again, if it's about election integrity and the country and not just about him, what you say is, how about all those other people on those ballots that the election was stolen from? We have to redo everything. He never mentioned one other person, not one other race, just him. When on your ballot, you vote for everything. President on down. You don't just vote. Trump was making it look like people just voted for president and nothing else. You say everyone was stolen. It had to be stolen from everyone. You can't just steal it from the president and everything else is legitimate down the line. That makes no fucking sense. There's no logic to that whatsoever. And the call to the attorney general, to, to the secretary of state in Georgia, as Lance pointed out, He asked for a very specific number of votes. He didn't say, come on, man, check into the election, check into the numbers. What are the numbers? We think there's a a disparity of 30,000 votes. He asked him for the exact number of votes to win. In other words, saying in the legitimate election in his mind, he beat Biden by one vote in Georgia because he asked for just enough votes where he'd win by one vote. That's how full of shit Trump is. That's a mob boss call. You know, the the movies, right? Where the mob boss says, hey, you know, that's a uh, that's a really nice family you got there. It'd be a shame if anything happened to them. You know what I mean? Those are the kinds of calls Trump makes. Find me those votes. You know what? It'd be a shame if you didn't find me those votes. Real shame. Real shame. 
the wannabe mob boss, the Johnny Friendly, as my friend, the Lee J. Cobb, as my friend calls him. And so the root pundit wrote that great article, and I read it. I might read it again next week, but you should go to the root pundit. August 3rd, he wrote this, and it's about how Trump's mindset was not that he had been, the election had been rigged, is that he just wanted to win, period. And so, like I said, there are, and I disagree on many issues with, with Lee when it comes to politics now. I'm no longer a progressive. I'm more libertarian now. I disagree on a lot of the COVID stuff, and I disagree on a lot of the stuff he writes about, you know, DeSantis in Florida. But you can come to an agreement on some things. And this is what I'm trying to tell people. And this is what I believe Glenn Greenwald is being a victim to right now. What Glenn Greenwald is being the victim to is a lot of people are being victim to, which is that the Democrats lied about Russia, Russia, Russia. The Russia, Russia, Russia thing was bad. I I even knew lifelong Democrats who at one point during that whole thing said they're going overboard. They need to stop. Russia Maddow. Then she needs to shut up and stop with this stuff. But they didn't. So they alienate a lot of people with that. So now people look back on things like Russia, 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 and the, you know, the Biden laptop and all that, and they go, we don't trust Democrats. We don't trust the Justice Department because of that. It's like the boy that cried wolf. You lie about one thing, you tell the truth about something else, and people don't believe it anymore. So I get that. I do. Russia, Russia, Russia really hurt Democrats when it came to a lot of people now believing the Trump charges. But also, you can really hate the Democratic Party. You cannot trust the Justice Department. And this is where Glenn Greenwald comes in. He doesn't trust the Justice Department. He believes there's, you know, this political motivation, that there's rigging there, that it's not a fair system. And he might be, he is right, might be right, he is right. But that has nothing to do with the specific charges filed against Trump. And I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. It's not one grand jury in one jurisdiction. It's four and counting. There might be five. There might be a half dozen by the end of the year. It's four separate jurisdictions, four separate grand juries, people who have very little in common with each other, who don't know each other. And they all believed in four different jurisdictions in D.C., New York, Florida and Georgia that there was enough evidence to bring him to trial on over a hundred charges. Not two charges, not 20 charges, over a hundred charges. So I trust it. I trust the system when there are that many grand juries, that many people and that many different jurisdictions across this vast country who say there's enough evidence to bring it to trial, that there's enough evidence to bring it to trial. And then we'll see what juries do. Is he innocent right now? Of course he is. You know, Pelosi's an idiot. She's an aging, demented idiot. She made that statement a few months ago where he has to prove his innocence. Now, of course he doesn't have to prove his innocence. They have to prove his guilt. Of course, she's a moron. But... I believe that there's enough evidence there where he could be in very big trouble. If he's convicted on just a few of the hundred charges, the RICO alone is five years minimum in jail. So that's where things stand now. And we can talk about until we're blue in the face about this. 
about whether you think everything is rigged, whether you think the charges are real or not, whether you think it's politically motivated or not. The fact of the matter is Trump's background, his personality, the way he dealt with in business, the, the, the birther garbage, everything he says is a lie, does not make him look good now when all these charges are filed. It's not like over 100 charges are being filed against Mother Teresa or against someone who's had zero shady background. So you add all these things together, and it's really hard to be Trump's lawyer on this stuff. It really is. And remember, there were no charges with the Russia, Russia, Russia stuff, right? There was no criminality there. He wasn't charged with anything. There was no grand jury that indicted him on anything. Why? Because there was nothing. There was zero. There was zilch. Now, I think if you go back when he was a businessman, except for people in New York, eh, most people didn't care about him much or didn't, you know, he wasn't in the spotlight the way he is now. I guarantee you, if someone had the time and energy and money to go back into his business dealings in the 80s, 90s, and so on, I bet you find plenty of criminal stuff there that people just didn't care about back then. They didn't bother to look into. The fact of the matter is the guy is a career criminal. He's a career crook. He's a, he's a pathological liar from day one. And sometimes you have to just have some kind of common sense, you know, add everything up. And the fact of the matter is this is still the real world. The real world is he has over 100 charges over four different jurisdictions. He'll be facing a Washington, D.C. jury. He'll be facing a New York City jury. He'll be facing an Atlanta jury. And then that jury in Palm Beach, wherever it is. Palm Beach. So you tell me the odds of him being exonerated on every charge. What are the odds? What are the odds of the evidence? In other words, what are the odds that four grand juries bought into fraudulent evidence? Four distinct grand juries brought into bullshit evidence on over 100 charges, and that a jury will, will see that in those four jurisdictions. It's almost impossible. It's almost impossible. All right. Bill, Bill's going to get me mad. That's all right. I like Bill. Hey, Bill, what's up? Hey, Mike. Well, I, do you want to read what I put in the chat? Or you want me to no, read no, it? Go ahead. Read it. Read it. Go ahead. Oh, read I it. don't want to get in a, uh, an argument with you here, but... <laughs> I'm not going to argue. Okay. I'll let you talk. Go ahead. All right. Trump's prior alleged criminal activity I cite all the time, and Glenn Greenwell cited. The problem is... The system's so corrupt, they didn't hold him accountable for it. So we can talk about his sex trafficking, influence peddling, or alleged, because that's what we have to call it, since the Justice Department did nothing about it, or no prosecutor. Well, we, we've got to call this stuff alleged until he's That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And then, um, you know, his money laundering, all his scheming, his tax evasion, the way he inflated his assets to get loans and deflated it when reported his taxes. That's all legitimate. It's a, it's a shame and a failure that our criminal justice have never held them accountable. That just shows the influence of a lot of money and contacts. So that's unfortunate. Right. And remember, uh, it's often, more often than not, people like Trump who get the better end of the justice system, not 
you all the time. Right. Absolutely. Right. right. And I, that's why when he eviscerated the task force on corruption here and fired Deidre Daly, who was, had indicted and convicted the DOJ, my father, I'm sorry, the CPA in my father's probate matter, that was the tip of the iceberg. Right. And so right. I was told I'd be meeting with Deidre by U.S. attorneys at 157 Church Street, but Trump eviscerated that. So I loathe Trump, and I believe he's a career criminal, just like I believe the Bidens are career criminals. Right, right. Right. So now, just to make the, obviously you know that. So now, the issue is, though, that none of his alleged criminal activity from the past is written up in this indictment. So we can discuss it, but it's not actually legally relevant, unfortunately. It's yeah. not in the indictment. Okay, so, you know. But what we do have, clearly, that the Bidens are being impeached. Well, Joe Biden's going to be under impeachment proceedings by the re Republicans. Are his criminal activity, his um, Biden barisma, uh, money laundering, influence peddling while he was vice president, and uh, ongoing... Uh, uh, that that predates anything Trump has done uh, regarding uh, while he was in office. Do you see what I'm saying? In other words, um, so that's problematic for the Biden administration and the DOJ and the IRS, and that's all broke out now. You also have, obviously, the Haldeman report that was put under seal by a corrupt judge in Georgia and the Secretary of State covered up. And now we have the Michigan report on 800,000 votes. Supposedly there's some fraud there. Um, so all I was trying to say is there is an affirmative defense for Trump. And I've, I've cited causes. That's what you have to cite when you defend yourself and causes and legal maxims, right? So if we slide down whoops, into... Um, what, what I'm basically saying here is, uh, um, without regurgitating, you have a racketeering act between the DOJ, IRS, and Biden that's going to be gone after while this is proceeding on Trump by the Republican Party in uh, Jim Jordan and co. Uh, in, in impeachment proceedings. So that's going to be happening at the same time, right? So it behooves Trump to extend and delay any proceedings regarding his case. So any dragging of feet he's doing actually plays into his benefit while the Republicans gin up and go after Biden. Of course. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And so the legal maxims that are relevant here is something called the doctrine of unclean hands. And what that is is, say you were claiming I did something illegal. Let's make it simple. If I could prove that you had done something illegal relevant to the matter prior to me, under the doctrine of unclean hands, you, your initial... Bill, let me just stop you for a second. He tried this 97 times. He went to court... No, that was 60 times. Whatever. Right? Every time, he lost all but one. I, I didn't yep. see 60. I saw 95 and he lost 94. So the fact is he brought all this stuff up. So that's what the prosecution will say. Mr. Trump had time in court with all this stuff. And they said there was no there there. He could Go not ahead. prove anything. He's that, that There's been more that's come out since, obviously. Oh, what they're going to say, Bill, is because he lost, yeah. 
That's why he did these illegal activities. He went the legal channel. It didn't work. And with Donald Trump, there's no such thing as losing. So we had to do these illegal activities to try to get this overturned. Bill, I'm telling you right now, maybe this will be on TV. It should be. I don't know. But there'll be court reporters. His defense is not going to be that they rigged it or it's been rigged in the past. His his defense, if he has anything, is going to be that it was First Amendment and it's covered by free speech. That's- well, that's part of it. But he has a right to challenge an election. And by the way, all those cases you're talking about never went to jury trial. They were all legal arguments made by both sides, and they were dismissed by a judge. That's called summary judgment. Yes, summary judgment, right. Right, so that's not a trial. That's not the facts, the adverse evidence going before a jury who's the fact yeah, finder. That's not the way, the, when, you, when you are challenging election results, it doesn't go in front of a jury. Right, it goes to summary judgment, which is why the facts of the adverse evidence, well, we'll see. But I, I predict that you will see these affirmative defenses. You can argue otherwise. We'll see what happens. But those are affirmative defenses that Trump has a right to bring. Um, and uh, frankly, with the new information, uh, if I was his attorneys, I'd file lawsuits and have them litigated while this is happening. I did that myself. I filed four lawsuits while they were legally prosecuting me. Yeah, they might. That's an, that's an affirmative action. Yeah. And, the, and of course, then they dropped every single charge against me for years for consecutive illegal arrests. So this is what I'm telling you can work. And so these are the things I did, and so they are effective. It's just what I had to do was point out all the illegal activity going on by our prosecutors and get it out even to the DOJ in Washington, Civil Rights Disability Unit, and uh, Civil Rights Unit Office of Inspector General, which I did, and also the local DOJ uh, office at 157 Church Street and the FBI at 1000 Lafayette Boulevard. I will tell you, by the way, you had mentioned Jonathan Turley, and I had mentioned that Turley was more of a left-winger when he was on MSNBC and now is more of a right-winger on Fox. I um, didn't mention Turley. Fox, maybe you, you, you did. did. The other day, you said Turley and Dershowitz have been talking about a lot of these I mentioned Dershowitz. You mentioned Turley. Turley, who has been really in defense of Trump on Fox over indictments number one, two, and three, said four is more problematic for Three reasons. One, that has to do with Georgia, right? Four. Well, yeah, one, one is yeah Georgia. One is because it's not it's not imp- pardonable, right, from the president. Uh, number two is because there are all these other people that were charged. No one else was charged in the first three cases other than him. Right. So they have all these people who will flip and and you know give evidence against states evidence against him. That's also problematic. And also he said, what's also problematic is that phone call combined with other email and text evidence they have of Trump trying to, you know, uh, install fake electors and get people to find votes for him that don't exist. So, well, we Turley, need to talk about that. Again, Turley had said that this is, and he, like I said, he's been Trump's defense guy for a while. Mm-hmm. And he said this one is his most dangerous. Well, the way I would attack the Georgia one is simply cite the Haldeman report that was buried under seal for two years uh, that the Secretary of State of Georgia was involved with covering up, which cites the 96-page Haldeman report, which I put in your uh, chat in the past couple of times we talked, a link to, which cites the Dominion Machines. Two university professors are totally hackable in nine different ways. So that you can look up or study. So in other words, for some reason, a judge puts it under seal, and now another judge has unsealed it. 
And the second, so it's one way to deal with that would be to address, attack that issue as an affirmative defense and maybe a separate lawsuit. Um, that's how I would handle that. So in other words, you have, it's, it's a game of tactics and leverage. And so you have to be affirmative and, uh, uh, directive in your, your defense in a situation like this. Now, how they handle it, I'm not Trump's legal team and, and to criminalize his other lawyers for attorney client privilege where they're encouraging him to do certain things. Um, I don't think it's going to hold up. Uh, there'll be a lot of lawyers who will, uh, object to that. The sentiment on, and a lot of things happen behind the scenes, Mike, with the American Bar Association has heavy influence in everything. And I'd be very surprised if, my opinion is, at the end of the day, it's a major distraction for this nation, both Biden and Trump, and they should both fade away into the sunset. If, if, if I had my way, if I had, uh, if I had a magic wand, magic wand. Sorry, sorry. get a magic wand. Yeah, what's that song? If I had a hammer, remember that song oh, by? Uh, being nicer, magic wand. Yeah, hammer's better. Hammer's better. Uh, who, who was that? Uh, what was named that group that uh, during that era that sang that song? I'm trying to remember. The I had a, if I had a hammer, if I had a hammer, I'd hammer in the morning. <laughs> I'm trying to sing the song. I'd hammer in the evening all over this world. <laughs> I'd hammer out. I can't remember the lyrics. So you right? hammer them away. You'd hammer them away. I'd hammer them away. I mean, honestly, they both need to be hammered away. Um, and what you this know, is. Mm -hmm. They should be both hammered away. Absolutely. The electoral process that's going to play out over the next year plus. I mean, they should be hammered away. I mean, the polls, the real ones, show that nobody wants either of these guys anymore. So, yeah. you know, look, in, a, in, a, mm -hmm. in, a, in a real democracy, you would think if 80% of the people don't want one guy or 70% don't want the other, that we wouldn't get either of them. But right. the process is a weird process, isn't it? Well, I mean, we have a completely rigged electoral system. If you if the Princeton Northwestern study, Professor Gillens and Page, 20-year study kind of reveals that. Um, but I didn't make that study. They did, and I concur. Um, well, but what oh, you do, uh, I think there's something very simple to this. The reason why we look at polls and we go, well, it's so obvious. Nobody wants it. But then you have something called the media bill. And the media knows how to sway things one way or the other. This is why Trump feeds these fake polls. Michael Cohen said there were fake polls. He admitted he had done fake polls last time around. So he feeds these fake polls to networks that he knows uh, want him to win the primary, such as the left, because they know he's a loser and he's not going to win. Fox News, because they know he's ratings. So he feeds these fake polls to CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, ABC, NBC, and they run with it because they want the narrative to be that he is the winner of the primary. Everyone else needs to go away, get out of the way. No one can beat him. Forget it. Don't bother voting for DeSantis. Don't bother giving any money to Chris Christie. It's worthless. He's the nominee. So he feeds these polls, and that's what happens. And then what happens is, because his approval is even lower than Biden's, Biden gets a b bump. Right. Biden's beating Trump in all real polls. So it's it's like that's the game. You see, the media is able right. to change exactly. reality, Bill. Media is able to change reality. So 
everyone hates Biden and Trump, and the nominees are going to be Biden and Trump because the media wants it to be Biden and Trump. Oh, and who's behind the media? Obviously, the six media companies are owned. There's not 50 like there was back in the day when you started. And there's a reason for that. And that's BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, Sequoia. They they are own the media companies. They own the food companies. They're all inter, um, all those investment firms, those big mega investment firms are all inter-invested with one another. And so we're being run by the, what are called the Babylonian banksters yeah. is what's happened. Right. Right. And we talked about Dr. John Coleman about all this. So this is a real issue. And what they want this distraction. They want to make Trump into a martyr and Biden into a martyr for the exact same reason you talked about. And we're all being manipulated. You know, yeah. not you and me, but. No, I know. I know. But, it's very easy to manipulate. Look, I know very smart people, very smart people who are manipulated because it's not just like a one and done from the media. It's a constant barrage, and that's right. the way you get people brainwashed. You have to have a constant. You can't just say things, mm -hmm. right? What, what's this mm -hmm. thing? You have to repeat the lie over and over again. Then it becomes real, right? It becomes the truth, and that's yeah. what they do. So I know very smart people who go, well, Mike, I don't like Trump, but boy, doing real well, isn't he? Well, how do you know that? Well, the media tells them. <laughs> that's all. Right. How does everyone think Trump's doing well? The media tells them. Mm -hmm. Well, they, they made, as Chris Hedges said, they vomited up Trump. This whole corrupt system with the media's hand in glove with the investment firms that own them now, only six media companies. And don't forget, the, this drives their ratings way up in their advertising potential. They love this. This is what they loved about Trump before. Right. And, uh, yep. you know, they created The Apprentice, a guy who declared bankruptcy six times. What kind of a businessman yeah, is I, that? I, I mean, it's Fox preposterous. I, I said Fox News wants Trump because he gets ratings. And I said of the course. left wing wants him because they know he'll lose to Biden. But much more important to the left wing media is they would get a lot of Trump until he loses to Biden. Right. They would get another 15 months of Trump. Uh -huh. And that's ratings. It's true. That's ratings. So they'd ride those ratings out mm -hmm. through the end of next year, basically. Yes. You know, although, you know, it, it's so it's so crass, Bill, isn't it? It's so crass. It is. It's, so it's disturbing. And we're this only, is only mm -hmm. to make 85 billion if DeSantis is the nominee. We'll, we'll make 96 billion if Trump's the nominee. And so it, it's really crass and cheesy capitalism. Oh, ultimately, it's predatory capitalism. And this is the problem. Now, someone like. DeSantis is saying he wants to take a knife to the throat of the deep state mm -hmm. and he wants to get us out of the World Health Organization. He wants to bring RFK Jr. into his cabinet. That's that's a politician. That's not a showman, a corrupt showman like Trump and Biden. Oh, my God, this guy's been remember Mike go back to Biden when he was lying about his college degree. I mean, this guy's been a pathological liar. So freaking career. It's called politics You're that's politics really i don't mind despicable right I don't, I don't i don't mind smart upfront politics and like is you that said, smart you know, upfront politics with DeSantis talking about rfk jr. oh DeSantis, right yeah we're talking about rfk jr and his cabinet and getting mm -hmm. rid of the you know the world health organization and the cdc mm -hmm. you know that's all smart politics yes know? he might not love rfk jr but he knows the guy has a big following he has a yes. lot of to say he's a Kennedy, and it might be good to have him politically. Absolutely. In his cabinet, that's fine. I don't mind real, mm -hmm. smart, upfront politics. What I don't like is the sleazy, smarmy, pharma, uh, 
Palmer Swampy kind of Palmer Swampy. It's despicable. Was Biden and Trump are totally lockstep with? I mean, look at Eli Lilly, uh, Alex Azar, his freaking Health and Human Services. Like we said, unpack Trump's cabinet, and you got the major swamp. There you have. He's a king cobra. Um, whereas DeSantis is actually trying to do something good for this country. I, I disagree with his position on on war and uh, considering our defense budget that's unaccounted for in the Pentagon every year, trillions and trillions of dollars. We need some major, if he, if he was, what would really make me really happy is if he said, I want to go after all that unaccounted money in the defense, uh, Pentagon audits and clean up the Pentagon audit system. I, I, as president, I'll do that. I'd be like, Whoa, well, now maybe that'll happen. You have, yeah, you have to, you you have to like try to lobby a guy to do yeah. that stuff. You can't just say he's not going to do it because he was a veteran. Oh, I didn't say he isn't. Right. Saying, you have, to, you have mm-hmm. to be able to lobby. Uh, you know, the president, whoever it is, is not going to agree with you on everything. You're not going to no. do everything they do. So you have to lobby them to see if you can sway them mm-hmm. with certain issues. That's what real lobbyists do, not the cheesy, you know, big pharma lobbyists, but real lobbyists. Oh, yeah. Okay, this is a big thing for us, the anti-war lobby. You know, mm-hmm. they want to, the, the, the military budget's too bloated. We have those lobbies who go after that. Sure. That's what you do. And you say, look, look, man, I agree with you on 80% of the stuff. Let's try to work on the other stuff. and come Absolutely. To but he has said, I think pretty clearly, he doesn't think we should be spending, sending any more money to Ukraine. That's so, unbelievable. You know, think back to 2016 times, when the Congress being lobbied, speaking about being lobbied, to stop funding the Ukraines and their army because of what? The Azov Battalion, the C-14, Bandera Boys, right sector, all the Nazi aspects or white supremacist aspects. That was a big thing in 2016 and 17. It's amazing to me that Democrats abandon all that and fund what's clearly a proxy war. Um, and not to mention, since you can remember, when hasn't our government lied to us and gotten us into a war and a proxy war? I, I was born in 1960. I don't remember anything other than that. So, <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, I mean, and Smedley Butler wars a racket, uh, two Purple Hearts would yeah. argue that same thing in the first and second wars. Uh, you know, he said, hey. And I, I, do, t- I, and I do want to get to something else, Bill, but I want okay. to get on this. But we, you and All I have right. talked about this. We have given Trump credit for not starting any new wars. Right. And yet, what does he do? Who's his biggest supporter now? Lindsey Graham. Come on. Mr. War, him and McCain, warmongers. Oh, absolutely. So even that is down the trash now, when you take on someone like Lindsey Graham. Right. It shows how desperate he is if he takes on Lindsey Graham, this big Lindsey, (laughs) true, Lindsey Graham, if you remember, ran against Trump, and boy, did he have throw the kitchen sink at him, uh, and he rightfully so. And then, of course, Lindsey Graham's a freaking sleazy scumbag and who, who's despicable at all at all levels. I, I can't even... Ugh. I know, he, he oozes sleaziness, doesn't he? he doesn't. Oh, he's well, horrible. It oozes it's out horrible. of his pores. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. Uh, hey, Bill, let me let you go. I want to play one thing. Go ahead. Okay. All right, Thanks, Mike. Bill. Thanks for the You're call. Welcome. And I didn't yell Thank at you. you. I didn't yell at you, Bill. I know. <laughs> I didn't yell at you either. All right. That's a couple Thank times. You. All right. Thanks. Okay. Bye. All right. All right. So this is Trump. Uh, let me play this little clip. Someone just posted this. Mike Sington. Sington posted this on uh, on Twitter. This is Trump um, talking today 
And he posted this, of course, on True Social because he's not on Twitter anymore or X, whatever. So he posted this on, on Truth Social. It's, a, it's only 52 seconds. And this is how Mike Sington, uh, this is a tweet he put out. Trump just posted this to Truth Social, and it's alarming. He makes no sense. His words are garbled and slurred. And you can see in the video, his hair is must. And it is. He's swaying, blinking excessively, and sweating, which he is. And it's only 50 seconds long. It's actually frightening. Does he need medical help? Psychological help? Let's see. Here it is. Full subpoena power because of the freedom of speech sham indictment by crooked Joe Biden deranged Jack Smith and the DOJ. It has just been reported that the unselect January 6th committee, they are unselect indeed, of political hacks and thugs has illegally destroyed all of their records and their documents. So they took all of their records, all of their documents, they reported it tried to get me indicted and probably did and then they destroyed everything this is unthinkable and the fake political indictment against me must be immediately withdrawn the system is rigged and corrupt very much like the presidential election of 2020 and we have plenty of proof on that and we have no choice no he has no evidence of anything he just said by the way including like i said 98 times went to court in front of a judge it wasn't a jury it was a judge and they said there was nothing there um so he puts this out there and like i said his lawyers had to stop him from going on tv monday and trying to like try his case on monday in front of a live audience they had to stop him from doing that now he's doing things like this though which don't help yeah, it's just truth social and no one really uses it, but it's still there. And the judges are going to see this. The judges are going to see this kind of thing. People see truth. Look, at, and now, now it's spreading on Twitter because Trump put it out. I shouldn't say it's no big deal. Even though it's only truth social, when Trump puts it out, it's going to spread everywhere. So the judges are going to start to say, you know, you're, you're really, I've told you a million times, you're a defendant now. You're not the president, you're a defendant. And you can't try to poison the jury pool. Most of us think about this we're charged with something there could be gag orders right judges are allowed it's not a first amendment thing judges do gag orders and most of us don't have the power like to to poison the jury pool the way trump does by doing this kinds of stuff right so i'm i'm a possible juror right first of all we'll talk about juries some other time i don't know how you get a jury who doesn't know about any of this stuff uh, the best you could do is find people like me not that i want to do it i'm not i'm only i'm not there anyway unless it's some California charge, but who are like, you know, ha don't have Trump derangement syndrome, at times support him, sometimes don't, and I'm open to the evidence. How are you going to find 12 people? Well, they got to find, you know, 48 people around this country who haven't heard any of this or don't have an opinion on it. Uh, these people live in a fucking cave, but he's making it worse for himself because there's a potential jurors will watch this and go, oh, 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 they've, they've, they've thrown out all this evidence. They've covered all this stuff up. So he's poisoning jury, the possible jury pool, making it very difficult, more and more difficult to find 12 people who can be objective about this. I'd love to know how they're going to find all these people. I don't I don't get it. I don't know how they have to. I think they have to try this on Mars. Maybe they should go to Sweden and try it, because I don't know how you can do it here one way or the other. I mean, so many people either with Trump, it's not <laughs> like a lot of politicians was like, well, wishy-washy on that. People love him or hate him. He's guilty as charged 
or innocent as the driven snow. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you do it. It'll be very difficult. But he's making it more difficult, and he's making it that this judge is going to throw him in jail so he can't put these videos out anymore. But it's true. If you watch this, if you go on Facebook or Twitter and watch this, his skin is orange. His hair is – I've never seen his hair as out of place as it is. It's almost as though he just put the camera there and turned it on. And he's blinking and he's sweating and he's not making any sense. And all that stuff he said makes no sense. No one has reported any of this stuff. So it, it's typical Trump nonsense, but it's really not a game anymore. And he's, he's treating it like it's some kind of a weird game. You know, you know, so there's something else I wanted to cover before I talk about Wednesday. So Wednesday, by the way, is the debate. Next Wednesday is the debate on Fox News. Brett Baer from Minneapolis, Minnesota, the first Republican debate. And I'll definitely be on after to talk about it. So everyone should come on this show. Well, you should listen every night, but certainly next Wednesday night, at 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern, we'll talk about the debate. I'm really interested, believe it or not. Usually I don't care about your opinion, but no, this time I do. I want to know what you think about the about the debate. Who did the best job? Who was full of shit? Who do you think gave good answers? Who do you agree with? Who do you disagree with? Who presented themselves? You know, the usual debate stuff. We'll get some, you know, Trump's putting his people there to try to, you know, poison the, the spin, to spin afterwards. He won't show up, but he's going to send his people there, his, his co-conspirators there, to try to spin as much as he can. Uh, from it. And we know what will happen with these online polls is that the Trump cult will be very uh, adamant about saying that he won, even though he wasn't there, or or Vivek won. That's what they'll try to say, because we know who Vivek Ramaswamy, we know his whole deal is to be there to pump up Trump, to either, one, be his VP if Trump were to be the nominee, um, or two, to pick up Trump's sloppy seconds, which is more likely to happen when Trump uh, drops out of the race. And Vivek can be there to pick up his sloppy seconds and get his endorsement and get his cult to support him instead of Ron DeSantis. So, and also, of course, to make a kind of a showing for next time in case we get Trump or Biden again. So uh, they, they, they are now pushing uh, Farmer Swampy, obviously. Another thing, Fox News is doing, and I'll probably end on this, but this is so easy to see through. It's the most ridiculous thing. You're not hearing this anywhere else but on Fox News, and they constantly do it, and they did it again last night. They are promoting Glenn Youngkin as though the guy's going to get in the race by the end of the year. Now, you'd say, well, what the hell? We have enough candidates. What do we need Glenn Youngkin for? Because that's part of the Fox narrative, that the alternative to Trump, DeSantis, is doing so poorly and can't win that people are just pining for Glenn Youngkin to get... Do you know anybody who's telling you they want Glenn Youngkin to run this year? Anybody. Is anybody in this country outside of Virginia, and even the people in Virginia, do they, are they fucking like dying for Glenn Youngkin to get in this race? Of course not. It's all bullshit. There's no, there's no real poll that says the country is pining, the Republicans are pining for Glenn Youngkin to get in. But if you watch Fox News, they're constantly pushing Glenn Youngkin. Why? Because that furthers their narrative. It's why they always pump up Vivek Ramaswamy, because they want to make it look like the real threat is no longer a threat anymore. 
But of course, we know that's not true. That's why Fox News is making up all this crap, that Vivek is this great candidate who's doing so well, and that everyone in this country just on their knees begging Glenn Youngkin to get in because DeSantis can't cut it. It's nonsense. And Glenn Youngkin knows it's nonsense, which is why he's not getting in. This is the, <laughs> the hypocrisy here. You know how many times I heard on Fox? Because remember, Trump and his people were working on those at Fox, like Hannity and company, to attack DeSantis way before he got in. So when DeSantis finally got in the race, all they could say is, well, is it too late? Is it too late? As though two years ahead of time is too late. How insane is that? Yet, here's the hypocrisy. It was too late for Ron DeSantis to get in several months ago, but November is not too late for the great Glenn Youngkin, who the whole world knows. He's such a popular name in this country, much more popular than DeSantis, right? Yeah, sure. November would not be too late for Glenn Youngkin. So, so ridiculous. It really is. But it shows, as I was talking with Bill, they want ratings. They want money. They want it. They want to squeeze. They want to grift off Trump as much as they can before he's either out of the picture, in jail, or gone from this earth. My hope and dream is that all this stress and anxiety finally gets to Donald Trump. But then again, I'm a pessimist. All right. If there's not going to be any other calls, I think uh, there's a couple other things I could talk about, but we have tomorrow. And remember that tomorrow night is Friday night, which is our movie review night. And I'll be reviewing two films, Strays, with the voices of Will Ferrell and Jamie Foxx, and uh, Landscape with Invisible Hand, a small uh, independent film. So two, two film reviews tomorrow night. So make sure you, you, you tune in and stay tuned in. All right. Uh, oh, yeah, well, I'll end on one thing. This is one thing. I'm glad I just brought this up on Twitter. This is Jason Miller, who is a, a Trump campaign official. This is his tweet from September 29th of 2020. If Joe Biden is too scared to debate, he's too scared to run the country. So this is, once again, the obvious hypocrisy of the Trump cult. We already talked about the hypocrisy that they think Biden should have to debate RFK Jr. And he's a pussy for not. But Trump doesn't have to debate. And in 2020, in September of 2020, a little a month before the election, they were talking about Joe Biden being too scared to debate. Meaning if you can't if you can't do it, if you're too scared to debate Donald Trump, how do you run a country? How do you deal with Vlad Putin? Oh, but no. But uh, Donald Trump doesn't have to debate. It's okay if he's scared of Chris Christie and Ron DeSantis. That, that's fine because he's Jesus Christ on the cross dying for our sins and he can do no wrong. These people are sick. They're sick in the head. They're psychologically, they're insane, which is why you really can't talk to any of them. You can't. They're in a cult and they'll be in a cult until most likely the cult leader goes away. All right. I want to thank uh, who called? Uh, Bill with a great call. Lance also with a, with a great call. I want to thank everyone for listening. Remind you, the name of this show is And Let's Be Heard. It airs weeknights, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. So I'll be right back here with you tomorrow night. But until then, this is Mike Cachopoli reminding you that your influence counts.
Use it.